This is Heather White, and you are listening to the Authenticity Addicts Podcast, the place where it is safe to be an addict, because what we're obsessed with is our life's truth. Welcome back to the Authenticity Addicts Podcast. It's Heather White, and this is episode three. Thanks so much for listening. Your support means the absolute world for me. Today, I thought I'd start with this really interesting quote um, to kind of frame up the conversation. So Ram Dass, formerly Dr. Richard Alpert, the author of the infamous Be Here Now, spiritual textbook and many, many other books, renowned spiritual teacher. If you don't know of Ram Dass, I highly, highly encourage you to Check him out. Uh, But here's what he says. He says, the universe is made up of experiences that are designed to burn out our reactivity, which is our attachment, our cling to pain, to pleasure, to fear, to all of it. And as long as there are places where we're vulnerable, the universe will find ways to confront us with them. That's the way the dance is designed. I absolutely love this concept, particularly in the way that it intersects around the concept of authenticity, which I use synonymously with soul, with intelligy, with potentiality, uh, with the greatest possibilities of our lives unfolding. I use authenticity in almost the idea of it being a verb. It's active, it's alive, It's forever unfolding, expanding, and further expressing itself through us. It's our spiritual essence. And so um, when he talks about this idea that, you know, as long as there's places where we're vulnerable, the universe is going to find ways to confront us with, and that's the way the dance is designed. And I go furthermore to say, um, ironically, that's our intention. That's our inquiry. That's what we're asking for. We're saying... You know, any way that I'm still holding myself back through these areas of vulnerabilities or another way of saying that would be through these areas where I'm rooted in a false center or I'm stuck inside of a false belief, confront me with those so that I may cleanse my own lens of awareness, you know, trade up these false centers, these false ideas, these false beliefs for deeper truths, which are more aligned with who I'm capable of being, more rooted in the essence of the potential of who I'm becoming. And so in very practical terms, right? I mean, I work as a coach supporting and holding a container for transformation. So I've been doing this work both with my own personal practice as well as with the practice of working with clients for over a decade. And I have lived this so many times, right? It's like we set this intention of expansion We set this intention of um, rooting into a more spiritual or soul essence of ourselves to have a greater um, experience of life being more aligned with the truth of who we are versus the false centers and false uh, premises of our egoic, more limited or small self. And then here comes all the shit, right? Here comes all this stuff that's in our way. And then we're like, no, 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 I didn't want all that stuff. Uh, You know, I wanted this, you know, nice, smooth, flowing ride. And yet the dance is designed exactly this way to to give us, to offer us the places where we're most stuck uh, so that we we can move beyond them. So we can root into deeper truths so that we can show up in different ways that are actually 
transformative and transcending of that falseness. So in real life, you know, this is what this looks like in personal development. You know, there's terms like the terror barrier, right? Or the comfort zone and then moving to that edge. There's this idea written about by Joseph Campbell in The Hero's Journey. I mean, they're all kind of pointing to this same thing. You know, Luke Skywalker, when he's, you know, going to go into the dark cave, right? This is, this is it. These are the places where we're vulnerable, where we're scared, where we're stepping into the unknown. We're stepping past what we are comfortable in uh, what we are affirmed in based on our life experience up to now. And we're kind of going to walk into this vulnerable place. And the irony is there not to simply be scared, but in actuality to not be scared. That vulnerability has been holding us in a fear-based place oftentimes like one or two or three degrees away from our conscious awareness, right? So it's happening kind of under the surface. It's might, it might not be overt in its feeling. It only becomes overt in its feeling. It only becomes, we only become aware of our fear when we start asking uh, questions and living inside of inquiries such as, I wonder how it would be possible to align myself and the way I show up in the world with the most truthful, authentic, soul-aligned, way of being, right? When we get inside of inquiries, like I wonder how it would be possible to live the greatest expression of my spiritual essence. I wonder how it would be possible to express the potentiality that I sense within myself in a way that allows me to live a life that feels congruent and in alignment and with integrity in the connection of that inner knowing and that external expression. When we start living inside of inquiries like that, right? That's when it starts to show up. That's when we become conscious of the unconscious, which is ironically exactly what we wanted. Again, not to be scared, but to not be scared because we already were scared. It just was not in our field of awareness. We asked the better question. It comes into the field of awareness for this purpose, right? For the purpose of, you know, burning away, right? This reactivity. I do like the the languaging of, you know, melting an inner glass ceiling probably a bit more than I do to shattering it, I guess, just potentially because I like a more gentle approach to spiritual growth than I do this kind of harsh approach. Um, although many of my colleagues out, out in the world, you know, they'll they'll certainly take you on a journey that's a little bit more in your face if that's the path you choose to go on. And that resonates with people uh, as well as this more gentle, soft approach that I prefer. But regardless, right, what you're asking for is take me to the edge of where I'm stuck uh, and where I'm, I'm hooked into a false and limited sense of who I am. As a result of being taken to that edge, I will suddenly become conscious of where the edge is, which will invite me into showing up differently in my life cultivating courage, cultivating resiliency. And there's a lot of other things that we need when we get to that edge, right? And everybody's edge is different. Uh, and every edge we get to is different. And yet they all contain these similar qualities, which are <laughs> probably the best analogy I can come up with is uh, idea between the, the caterpillar transforming to the butterfly, right? So you come up to the edge, that's the recognition of what was unconscious, now being conscious, you know where the invitation for transformation exists, right? So you know where that is and you're aware of it. And once you know, there's no unknowing, right? Like once you wake up to that awareness, 
you can't make it go away. You can um, defer it, <laughs> and certainly I've done that many times in my life, but it'll just, like a beach ball underwater, it will just keep popping up, <laughs> hitting you in the face, <laughs> getting louder and louder, because it's like, hello, you said you wanted to expand, grow into nothing less than the greatest possibilities of your potentiality. Well, here's the barrier that uh, needs to be crossed. Here's the inner glass ceiling that needs to be melted. Here's the false sense of who you are that needs to be uh, traded uh, for the deeper truth of who you are. And so let's look to the story of the transformation of the caterpillar to the butterfly as sort of nature's guide for us around how to move from this fixated form of neural pathways and concepts of who we think we are into the evolution of a new truth being birthed out into the world, right? Because that's really what we're up to, or at least what I believe we're up to. You know, people listening to a podcast like this are are not really interested in just more tools for the toolbox. You're not really interested in becoming a better resourced caterpillar, which was such a beautiful term coined by one of my teachers, Dr. Claire Zamet, right? We're not interested in becoming better resourced caterpillars. We're interested in transforming, right? And birthing anew, becoming a completely new essential self, right? And so that requires a few things. So looking to this concept of the transformative process. Well, the first thing we need is a container, right? This is like the cocoon. You, you, it's very difficult to transform when there isn't an, a container to hold you for you to disassemble all the false senses of who you are and rewire the new pathways, the new neural pathways, right? Of who you have the capacity to be, right? It's, it's not, this isn't just like flick a switch and the shift happens. You create and build a container you fill it with fertile soil, right? So in practical terms, this might look like many different things. I don't think like in the sense of the, of the transformation of the caterpillar to the butterfly, I don't think as humans, we have to do it in isolation. Um, we're just looking to that process as a guide, right? So the container. So what is the container that you need to create for yourself in order for you to have enough um, time and space to set the new inquiry, right? To get inside the new question or the new intention knowing that your intuition will begin to respond to that intention and guide you towards the new ways of being and thinking that will be asked of you to transform into the new way of being uh, moving forward. And so there's the, the question of the container and the fertile soil. And then there's also the question of gestation, right? Or timing, if you will. Uh, I think, again, we can look to nature in many ways to see that often we plant seeds and we need to consider the cultivation of fertile soil. We need to consider the needs of that seed to manifest into its fullest potential, right? This is that same concept we've talked about before, like the, you know, the acorn has the potentiality to manifest into the oak tree, right? The question is around fertile soil. The question is around sun and light and heat and water, right? All the nutrients necessary for that manifestation to occur. Sticking it in a metal filing cabinet, probably not the ideal uh, uh, container for it to gestate and manifest into or transform into its greater potentiality. So gestation is, is part of the question, right? And I think, you know, from my experience in my own personal life, hundreds and hundreds of clients going through it, probably one of the biggest sticking points for all of us is our expectations of timing are way too high. I remember, I think it was even Tony Robbins saying something to the effect of we, we completely overestimate what we can do in a day 
And we totally underestimate what we can do in a year or five years or a lifetime. And I think he's totally right about that. And I think in some ways that's, that's a subtle form of self-sabotage that we engage in, right? Because when we overestimate what we can do in a day and we have 76 things on our to-do list and we get done seven, right? It perpetuates this cultural kind of illness that we're coaxed into about not being good enough and not being productive enough and that the only solution to anything is just to get up earlier and work harder, right? Which ultimately just lures us into this kind of like half asleep existence where we're not engaging in these kinds of questions that this podcast is dedicated to, right? And so I think this overestimation of what we can do in a day or, or a week is the very thing that keeps us out of the bigger question, the bigger conversation about what is it that we have the capacity to become, right? In the context of a much bigger gestation period. And that way we have longer runway. You know, I, I often hear myself saying to clients, let's create a longer runway, right? If a 737 is trying to take off of the same amount of runway that we give a Cessna, it, it's not gonna get off the ground. Right. And so this is not a Cessna type question that we're asking. You know, we're not asking uh, about a better resource caterpillar. Right. We're not asking about incremental change. We are asking about transformation. Right. So we're asking about getting that 737 or furthermore, getting that 380, you know, off the ground, that Airbus, that big ass plane off the ground. It needs a longer runway. It needs stronger engines. Right. So I'm using this as an analogy for us to start to contemplate, right? What is it that I need? What is it that I need in terms of a container? What is it that I need in terms of fertile soil? What is it that I need in terms of gestation, right? The period of time from this seedling of intention to begin the manifestation process and ultimately result in the transformative effect of a total rewiring right? A total abandonment of who I thought I was, a total abandonment of, of the old ways, right? That governed me up until now and an, an emergence and an orientation to a completely new way, right? Which means there's going to be this moment of terror, if you will, right? Where there is that moment of surrender into becoming the dying caterpillar, because if you cut into a chrysalis, you do not find some like crazy half caterpillar butterfly looking thing you find a dying caterpillar right a willingness for the caterpillar to fully surrender all that it knows itself to be turning into this goop like substance right and it's only in the last moments of that process of the breaking down of the caterpillar the, the sort of gooping of it becoming this mush like thing and this reemergence of a butterfly, which the final result is this push that has to happen, this absolute extension of energy, which is what fills the uh, wings that have been built inside of the, of the chrysalis. It fills them, right, flushes out all that final fluid, which is actually what gives them the capacity to fly. There's actually a really cute little story about a little boy I don't know if it's real or fictional, but it just tells uh, this story so beautifully. So this little boy finds a caterpillar in the garden and he brings it inside to his mother. And she agrees to let him you know, raise this little caterpillar with some few caveats. So, you know, they get this mason jar and they put in some natural habitat that would be, you know, uh, similar to what a caterpillar would experience out in nature. And 
he's allowed to observe it and give it what it needs in terms of water, etc., food, I think grass, things like that. I, I don't actually know the details of, of what caterpillars eat, but nevertheless, work with me here. <laughs> so, you know, he's watching this uh, caterpillar day in, day out, and, and he starts to notice, right, what we would know to be the cocooning process, right? So he starts to notice that the caterpillar is building this, like, white web-looking thing around itself, and it's this is really bizarre what's going on here and through dialogue back and forth with his mom and probably the likes of Google in these days right to understand like what's the process what's happening oh this caterpillar is building a cocoon around itself a chrysalis for its ultimate transformation and its emergence as a butterfly and he starts to notice at some point that there is a, a little hole coming through right there's and, and he starts to notice this struggling uh, butterfly attempting right to push through and he doesn't know any better and so he tries to help so he kind of cuts it a little bigger and sure enough the butterfly falls out of the cocoon but it's missed the absolute catalytic point of transformation which is this final struggle to push out of the chrysalis this final necessary struggle internal struggle for the fluid to be flushed all the way out and the wings to be freed to be opened and to be able to ultimately fulfill their true potentiality which is to be able to create flight and by helping the butterfly right without knowing with helping him you know the desire to want to remove that struggle he ultimately robs the butterfly of ever experiencing its true potential so um, you know they end up going to off to university and meeting with a scientist and learning and understanding exactly what's happened there but whether the story is real or fictional the big takeaway for us uh, is that 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 there is some purposefulness to struggle and it doesn't have to become suffering it doesn't have to get so loud that it's painful. We don't have to perpetuate pain by getting inside narratives that victimize us. But it's recognizing that the transformation process has something to do with all these elements, right? It has to do with the container. It has to do with the fertile soil. It has to do with the gestation period. It has to do with the breaking down, the fully surrendering the old in embracing right this terror this moment of terror where it's like I'm I'm a dying caterpillar god I hope this is a good idea I'm letting go right and then this emergence right which which has to do with this final push and having been you know in my own life I've experienced it over and over again but having been inside the container with so many clients that come up against these moments Right. And just and, you know, just researching into Joseph Campbell's work around the hero's journey and this whole idea that, you know, we set off on this journey intentionally. We start asking questions about potentiality and possibility. We enter into the caves of our own vulnerabilities, not to be scared, but so that we are no longer scared. We uh, melt away the inner glass ceilings by entering inside of this transformative process, ultimately dying into who we were, surrendering fully these old models, these old ways of um, orienting to the world, these old thoughts about who we are and who other people are and who life, how life is. Um, these, you know, those old narratives that are running through our paradigm, creating our reality. We are willing to let them go for the embracement of a new orientation 
a new awareness of who I am, who I am as it relates to others, who others are in my life, right? What is that correlation between connectivity and our coexistence together? And what is the story about life, right? So in very simple terms, we'll see transformation go from I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough or other people don't understand me, other people don't support me, life is hard, life is a struggle, you know, life is against me, right? We see those old narratives and those are dramatic and extreme ones purposefully just so you just see the transition, right? We, we go from that orientation, right, which creates all kinds of havoc in our, in our consensual reality because those get rooted in the belief system and the beliefs become ultimately the magnetic force of our being. And so we just attract experience after experience to just affirm that belief. So then we say, see, I knew it, right? And we just keep affirming it. So we take all that and we create a container, we fill it with fertile soil, and we begin to disassemble those old beliefs and reorient to new and deeper truths. Things like, I'm a creative being. I have co-creative powers with universal energy. Other people support me. Other people help me get where I'm trying to go. Life is this co-creative landscape. Life organizes around me. Um, life supports my evolution, right? And so again, you can't just flick a switch here. These are these are deeply rooted neural pathways, often infused with um, you know, huge belts of emotion, which just calcify these neural pathways. They keep them rigid and locked in there. But what we know to be true, uh, and I'm no scientist, I'm no, I'm no neurologist, but we know about neuroplasticity now. We know what the mystics have been saying for centuries around our ability to shift and change and alter and transform the way that we associate with who we believe ourselves to be and how life is and we start then can create at levels beyond the capacity of what we had been originally programmed with and now we see science starting to catch up with all of that supporting us with the neuroplasticity the capacity for us to quite literally change our minds so it's really cool when you start to see that your life is actually perfectly designed to confront you with the various places where you're in your own way or you're stuck or you're rooted into this false center or false belief, it's perfectly designed to bring those to your awareness, right? Make them conscious. Create these containers around you in order to hold space and time, right? To create the fertile soil and the gestation for you to dismantle the old and begin to create the new, right? And this is the way the dance is designed. So you don't have to go out. This is what's so great. You don't have to go out looking for anything. It, it all shows up. You get inside of the question about potentiality. You get inside of the awareness that every life situation is actually completely geared towards your transformation, your evolution, your uh, self-expansion, your self-actualization, right? The only place you have to go is inside tuned in turned on awake aware of your of your reactions because there's all where all the information is right as ramdas says as long as there's places where we're vulnerable the universe will find ways to confront us with them well how do we know we're confronted we react right notice where you're reacting notice where victim consciousness shows up 
right? Notice where resistance shows up, where the inner arms cross and the heels get dug in. Those are the places of vulnerability. Those are the places that you are scared. And the second you make that conscious, right, becomes the opportunity. Not for you to be scared any longer, but for you to not be scared. And those become the perfect opportunities, invitations for you to say yes to nothing less than the greatest possibilities for you to express who you are, your authenticity, your entelechy, your soul call. And so be that and so it is. And so that's what I got for today for episode three. Authenticity Addicts, thanks for listening.